You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hi, I'm Ralph Powell, co founder and CEO of Real Vision. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Vision podcast. At Real Vision, we pride ourselves on providing the best in-depth expert analysis available to help you understand the complex world of finance, business, and the global economy. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll accept my invitation to try Real Vision Plus for 30 days for just $1. Visit realvisionpodcast.com today and join us as we navigate the financial world together. Cheers. Increasing amounts of asthma means that you're going to see more giant spinning cylinders on ships. <laughs> Welcome to the knock-on effect. Welcome to the knock-on effect. This week, um, what, how do we start out these things? We say welcome to the knock-on effect where we start with the thing you know and end up in a strange uh, place, but we're starting you. a little strange this week. Yeah, because this is a shortened week. Uh, we had Labor Day here in the U.S. No need to make excuses. Let's just tell them, you know, exciting. It's podcast only. Yes, podcast only, podcast special only. for you guys. Thanks. Um, and this week, we're going to start with Asthma, which is something I'm sure a lot of people know about. Um, but actually, where I really do want to start yes. is an imaginary port. Okay? So not port wine, but literally a port. <laughs> so imagine this port. So you have maybe a rusty tanker. So it has maybe it's carrying oil products or plastic resins, as we talked about last week, or, you know, some petrochemicals. And next to that is a container ship filled with Boxes. I can see it now. Yes. <laughs> boxes of sweatshirts and electronics and maybe even hazelnuts. And then next to that is a... A rainbow. Yeah. You know, this, this beautiful imagery. And next to that is a cruise ship carrying lots and lots of people. Okay? So it's a sort of nice image you have. Beautiful. Now, those three ships are all very, very Actually, different. it's what you see, not to interrupt, but it's exactly what you see if you look... Uh, out the window of Real Vision's office in the Cayman Islands. Oh, you have all three? All three. Wow. Be- yeah. Well, it's a small island, so you have a very concentrated yeah. right on the port. where people are docking. Well, anyway, so maybe it's in the Cayman Islands, but each of these three ships, um, while very different types of ships, they all do have one major thing in common, and that is the fuel that they use is all something called bunker fuel. Okay. Now, it is this pitch black, we'll put on our imaginary caps again mm. so you can think about this. It's a pitch black, heavy, thick as molasses uh, fuel. Um, and it's actually pretty much uh, the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the refining process. See what you did there? Yes. Isn't that cute? Yeah. So, <laughs> Aren't <laughs> thanks I for, cute? <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> so after oil has been refined into diesel, gasoline, jet fuel, whatever you want, okay. bunker fuel is basically what's left over. And there's kind of a funny um, quote here. It's it's probably about one grade better than asphalt. <laughs> I've seen it referred to. <laughs> yes. So it's it's pretty it's pretty gross. Now 
this fuel has been used in the in cargo ships and cruise lines uh, for years because it's inexpensive, okay. um, especially compared to other fuels. And it is also, as the key part, it's loaded with sulfur. And when that's burned, it produces basically a noxious gas um, and also some fine particles that are pretty harmful. Hmm. So ships contribute about 13% of total sulfur dioxide emissions. And according to a study that was published this year, it's linked to approximately 400,000 premature deaths from lung cancer and cardiovascular disease and about 14 million cases of childhood asthma annually. So this actually is a pretty big issue that's been going on. Hmm. And so this is where we get to the first knock-on effect, and technically it's a knock-on effect that already happened. So the United Nations International Maritime Organization has directed the maritime industry to, by 2020, decrease sulfur emissions from ships. So by that year, the allowable amount of sulfur in in the fuel that they use mm-hmm. um, has to drop from three point five percent, which it is about now, to zero point five percent. It's. I mean, I, I'm. I, I not to roll my eyes, but yeah, I, it sounds like a really nice idea. But it's basically like when I was in Model UN, and we would pass a position paper, and we would say. Do this. And it almost has as much force as my position papers did in Model UN. Right, no? right. And so that's where, you know, is this something that's I like... tried to give away Kashmir, by the way, as India. Did I ever tell you this story? No. I was like representing India on the Kashmir issue. Oh, no. And it was really my partner, I have to say, didn't do a lot of research. He was like, Let's yeah, Pakistan, you guys can have it. <laughs> we don't want it. And so then an Indian, so th- a guy who happened to be Indian who worked for um, Princeton and putting on the conference, came over to us and very sternly was like, you cannot give away Pakistan. Oh, my God. And he, like, pretended he was an emissary of the Indian government because we were completely destroying the entire seminar. Jesus. Well, not like Model UN and not like these unenforceable, you know, regulations that are put in. This is something that the shipping industry is actually going to comply with. This is, well... Um, There are certain um, issues that they face if they don't comply, and it looks like there will be uh, repercussions. Well, let me ask you a question then. Is is the reason the UN has to do this the same reason that people use this dirty uh, uh, fuel, which is that like it's not regulated by any one country because it's in the in the ocean? Like, could could, could you let's say you were going down the Mississippi River, could you use the same thing or would the U.S. government say? Right. Actually, a lot of these fuels are banned um, from being used near, let's say, Houston. There's uh, you have Hmm. to use much lower sulfur if you're within 100 uh, feet of Houston. Um, So there are certain places, um, a lot of places in Europe, you have to use low sulfur fuels. But now this is being applied to the entire industry. So there are already places with regulations. It's hard to have rules about, you know, in the middle of the ocean, you can't do this. That's why, like, you can gamble if you're 50 miles off the the coast. And so that's where there was a study actually that came out by BP, the British Petroleum. Okay. Um, uh, Excuse you. Beyond Petroleum. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess that was a rebranding effort. What is that? Are they still doing that rebranding effort? What is like, you know, it's like Kitchen Fresh Chicken and all those things. I know, but it's, they're so, they're not Beyond Petroleum. I know. Anyway. They, they are some, they're just BP now. Yeah. Anyway, okay. they came out with a, um, a study that it looks like that there's only going to be 9% non-compliance, which is actually huge. If there's 91% compliance with this, that's pretty huge. And that will change the shipping industry. 
um, especially. So basically, these emissions rules are forcing ship owners to make a multi-billion dollar choice. So choice A, this will be like a little choose-your-own-adventure story. We'll go down both tracks. Um, the world of... Ima- this whole episode is like in, a, in a, I'm getting to imagine all these things. Yeah, really this is... Yeah, this is- Nice exercise for your creativity. Yeah. Anyway, so A is that they can invest in a device that treats the ship's exhaust before letting it out. So we'll get into that. And then the second choice is that they could just start buying a cleaner fuel. But let's start with the first choice yes. and what that looks like. So if they invest in a device that basically treats the exhaust, um, what it does is it, it, it traps the sulfur. So there are these... Sulfur-trapping exhaust systems called scrubbers. Great. And they cost as much as $10 million a ship. Wow. So it's a lot of investment uh, to retrofit a ship with this, um, especially if you don't know what fuel costs are going to be in the future. But we'll go down the fuel hmm. cost route separately. Now, this system is basically like installing a small refinery in the vessel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what it could, does... Because you're basically taking the lowest grade... Crude, and then you're upgrading it later. Well, in a sense, because what what you're actually doing is that you take the exhaust from the engine, so all the sulfur that dioxide that's going out, mm-hmm. um, it goes through the unit. It's mixed with water, which dissolves the sulfur oxides, mm-hmm. and then um, before the treated fumes exit through the ship's funnels. So the water that's used and then released into the sea or cleaned up and then reused. And that just depends on the system okay, that's okay. put into place. Now, so you're still burning the same thing. You're just you're yes, just changing yes. the output. Got exactly. It. Got it. Um, now, the world's biggest cruise ship operator, Carnival. Carnival. Yes, very good. You knew it. So Carnival has now invested four hundred million dollars to install scrubbers in eighty-two of its one hundred and two hmm. ships. So they're really moving in that direction. And then we have Sweden's Stena Line, which is one of Europe's largest ferry operators. And so because they're operating near a lot of human beings, Mm -hmm. um, they have to use or they're forced to use low uh, sulfur burning fuels. And so because of that, um, they actually said, so this was instituted in 2014, they said that they had to shed about 30% of their workforce to pay for scrubbers. So... So what? So there's just no, no. Well, I can't even think of a role on a ferry, but there's no, there's no captain. Captain. No, they still have a captain, but I guess no maybe one's working at the concession stand. I mean, what's going crew, on? I don't know. But so I they're mean, not cleaning the ferries. I mean, yeah, it, it right. doesn't add up. I know. Okay, so why, it, why were they hiring thirty more percent more people yeah, than kinda, they needed? It kind of sounds like the, uh, the, the, the a weak argument, but this is something that they claim. But it does sound like a weak argument. That sounds like you know, if you raise uh, minimum wage, then suddenly we're going to fire a bunch of people, right? We, 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 I mean, you could, I guess, because some things would become uneconomical. I mean, maybe they're just not doing certain routes because they had to it's pay so expensive. for scrubbers. I don't know. But it doesn't really make it doesn't. So, but this is to highlight. So, on one hand, you Stana, have. Stana, you owe us an email <laughs> to explain. <laughs> on one hand, you have um, certain ship operators that might not be so happy. But on the other hand, you have a really big business that's booming. So what you have is basically scrubber manufacturers. They're expecting orders to total between six billion and eighteen billion by twenty twenty six. So in the next few years, and I have to highlight this was a million dollar industry in twenty sixteen, and now this is going to a billion dollar industry. Joe Scrub is feeling really smart right now. Yeah, exactly. And who's uh, who's making these these sweet sweet scrubbers? uh, Well, uh, the biggest share will go to Finland's Wartsilja. 
Oige. I can spell that out for it's you. It's actually... No, just no, yeah. Um, these are hard names to pronounce. Yeah. Uh, Sweden has Alpha Laval. These are very, like, business-to-business business yeah. names. They're not, like... And then uh, Norway um, has <laughs> Yara Marine Technologies. <laughs> Okay. So very good. Okay. So there are... That, I'm sure they probably call it something different there, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're probably pronounced correctly, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> it was almost like a... I think... I'm sorry to our Scandinavian listeners if you're yes. offended by Justine's... <laughs> Pronunciation. Um, yeah, well, I tried. That's that's important. Well, so anyway, couldn't so... talk to... No, no. No, wrong one. Wrong one. So th- there are there are business that are going to be booming from this from this industry. But I want to make it clear it's booming with a grain of salt. So in the sense, hear me out. So uh, basically, it looks like only about 6.7% of the global commercial fleet will start using scrubbers. The majority of ships, um, according to uh, research by UBS, apparently 74% said that they'll switch to diesel Hmm. rather than um, installing I guess some of these scrubbers or some ships are switching to liquefied natural gas as well. Okay. So that's another option. But diesel is the most common route. Um, now, I want to highlight these cleaner fuels will cost these companies up to 55% more hmm. than it would be right. um, to use the, I guess, dirtier fuel, sure. if you want to call it. Now, um, I actually have a quote here from Tom Closa from Oil Price Information Services. Yeah. I know him. Okay. Yeah. Well, so he's... He was talking about what a big impact this is going to have on the diesel industry. So he says, quote, it wouldn't surprise me in late 2019 or 2020 if the price of diesel per barrel is $30 to $40 above the price of crude. And that's just because you're going to have suddenly a huge amount of demand. Ah, interesting. It's, coming. it's very bullish for diesel. Yes, it is very bullish for, for diesel. I mean, and that's until refiners can adapt, basically, to this I new see. world that we're in. Hmm. Um, but this is a huge thing because uh, the shipping industry uses an estimated 4 million barrels of fuel each day. So this change will have a pretty big impact on the market overall. Right. So so because this is for the non, non-scrubbing people that they're they're going to have to look toward diesel or LNG. Yeah. Right. And and it's actually kind of an interesting um, battle you have going on here because, you know, the economy is growing. Uh, maritime and trucking industries are at full capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but guess what? What's the other industry that uses diesel? Trucking. Didn't you just say trucking? Yeah, okay, fine. That wasn't <laughs> a really fair setup. So <laughs> I guess I kind of gave it away. What's the other industry? Uh, okay, fine, fine, fine. So... I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is that you're going to have um, ships competing with truckers for diesel. That's what it comes down to. Okay. Because you're now going to have two. So, so here huge... I am filling up my truck and and then a uh, Carnival Cruise Cru- Line ship. Or Com- not Carnival, but, uh, you Maybe. know, Stena. No. Or Norwegian Cruises or somebody. Pulls up next to me and uh, the captain <laughs> jumps out. He's, fills, you know, up, fills up his tank. It's annoying because he got the wrong side of the ship. He has to okay. turn around. It makes for really, really messy gas stations. Yeah. Anyway, um, you basically have um, this system where fuel, fuel costs are increasing so rapidly for a lot of um, these cargo carriers. And they're now looking for ways to cut costs. Hmm. So here, this. This is pretty crazy. So Cargill. You okay. know Cargill? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, make, the, they make what? Uniforms? What, um, they no, make I food think... and commodities is what it says on my paper here. 
but you know, it's like, what is <laughs> food and commodities giant? It's a bit, a bit of a hedge. I mean, doesn't yeah. everyone make food? I food. guess or commodities. All right, yeah. food and commodities. Fine. It's very vague, but Cargill, okay. big company. Great. Um, they equipped <laughs> one of their chartered dry bulk carriers with their what? Ch- say that five times fast. Chartered dry bulk carriers. Dry bulk. Okay. Yes, with a three. A 3,444 square foot kite made of <laughs> artificial fibers to harness wait, wind power. Wait, wait, wait. So basically, wait, wait. they're using this to make it more efficient, their, um, their fuel costs. So, I'm sorry, a kite on a ship, is that not called a sail somehow? You know... I guess you could say that they are going back to sailing routes in right, some maybe, way. Maybe, I mean, what, maybe they'll just, uh, you know, next thing you know, the fuel the, costs will be so expensive. It'll be sailboats. It'll be like the, the Spanish in, in what do you call that? The ink. In, no, not the Inquisition. <laughs> Armada. The, ah, Mada. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Anyway, yeah, so hmm. you're, you're going to have maybe more kites. Sorry to all the Spanish people because we could come up with Inquisition so much faster than Armada. Then, yeah, yeah, that's a little sad. Yeah. Well, so you're going to have more of these. Kites? Come on. Wait, but sorry. When you say kite, yeah, is it like someone has to hold it? And then it's like a little boys that on the would ship. Be, that and... would be a terrible job. So, you know, all the, the 30% um, that got cut from the European <laughs> ferry line are now going kite to uh, become kite holders. So one potential knock-on effect is that we see um, warships becoming more sailboat-like. More sailing. <laughs> yeah, more sailing. Uh, and then another company we have, Maersk. Maersk, yeah. The Danish you did well with that company. One. Very good. Um, they have a fleet of more than 770 vessels. Okay. And they initially expected cleaner fuel bills will add an average $2 billion to its current costs of $3 billion on fuel. So they're like, that's it's a like pretty, doubling in the Yeah, it's a pretty wow. big increase um, in terms of wow. what they're going to be spending on fuel. So they've been looking for other ways to um, make their boats go faster. So what what would you do? Uh, well, I would carry less than than my boat goes faster. No, no, because then you would get less profit. So you want to you want to keep profits the same. Okay, I want maybe my boat go faster. Uh, attach a kite, but besides attaching a kite, I could. Um, wow, let me think. Could have someone get it in row, like that scene oh, in so uh, manpower. Ben Hur, where they're okay. rowing. We're not, we're not adding manpower to this. And there's like the guys like row. I feel like that would be very expensive. So. Row. Yeah. Okay. I think those were Roman slaves, though. So. Yeah. Well, in this day and age, Save we're not going to have any Ben Hur. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so basically, uh, what they've been doing is they've been experimenting with different types of paints. <laughs> yeah, which is actually pretty cool. So okay. they they have used special paints on their ship hulls to cut down on the algae and other microorganisms that might increase drag. So they're actually reducing the amount of friction that they have going through the water. So, it, so is the color they're painting a color algae don't like or just like oh, a really un, like... unflattering color for algae? <laughs> they're like, oh, this doesn't match. It's like how I don't wear, really wear red, like the algae's like doesn't go on a green ship because it clashes or something? Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. Well, I guess mostly, in all fairness, it's stuff that algae can't stick to uh, okay. as well. Okay. And then the other thing that they're doing, and this gets to our actual knock-on effect, is that they've been installing these 100-foot-tall rotating cylinders on their their tankers. Um, it's basically a way that they could cut their fuel costs by up to 10%. What is—why? Okay, so basically these 
cylindrical items work. <laughs> cylinders. You were going to say cylinders. Yeah. I knew you were going to say cylinders. <laughs> they, they work with something that's really interesting. Um, it's, it's based on the Magnus effect. Okay. Something worth looking up. So... It's actually works. also the first album ever released by the cylindrical items. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So how it works is when you have a spinning object. Or item. Or item. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, sorry. It drags air faster um, around one side, and that creates um, a, a, difference, a difference in pressure. Right, I'm listening. I'm listening. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Creates a difference in pressure that pushes the vessel in the direction of the lower pressure side. So basically, I'll repeat that again. This yeah. is the Magnus effect. Okay. M-A-G-N-U-S, worth looking up. It spins. The item spins. The object spins. Or item. Uh, Thank you. And drags air faster around one side, and that creates a difference in pressure that pushes the vessel in the direction of the lower pressure side. So is it like making your own breeze? So it's basically spinning really fast. And so that's... So is that manipulating the... So it's creating kind of like a low pressure thing that's easier to it's easier to move through low pressure or so basically what it does is because you have one side with high pressure and one side with lower pressure yeah. that helps push the boat in the lower pressure direction and you know that creates less um it basically just gives the boat a little more oomph um. if you want oh very nice <laughs> oomph um to go where they want and so that ends up cutting down on fuel costs in the end good job heinrich yeah heinrich magnus Ah, oh, you you know something about this, or you just Wikipedia'd it. Which Heinrich you, you Gustav Magnus, the German physicist who investigated it. Well, anyway, so um, this is actually a big deal for Maersk because fuel makes up approximately 60% of their total costs when operating boats. You know, it's another interesting fact. What? Gustav had a brother named Eduard who was a notable portrait painter. Okay, thank you, Wikipedia, again. I, I want to highlight here... That so sorry, I I do have a question for you. Okay, and then I'll I'll move on. Um, is that why weren't they doing this before? It sounds ah, so that's that's key because, uh, bunker fuel was so darn cheap. There wasn't really they didn't any, even care. That how... didn't really matter. Ah, there was no need for them to invest in different technology. So now that fuel costs are suddenly going up, there's there's actually a need, um, to invest in finding alternatives that are probably better for the environment at the end of the day. Now, I will I will mention that uh, Maersk is not the only company doing this, investing in these cylindrical uh, items. Items. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we also have Viking Line Cruises um, now has uh, a ship in, um, that they installed these on in April. One so, ship. Um, yeah, on one ship. But, you know, it's moving in that direction. Okay. So that's how we connected asthma and increasing um, rates of asthma right. in children right. to uh, these cylindrical items. Because it goes, and if I may, so sure. more asthma, the UN is worried, uh, the UN says, hey, enough with the, um, the, the, the fumes, which is due to the bunker, and so people are, are moving to cheaper, uh, more expensive fuels that are cleaner, mm-hmm. and so they need to find ways of getting there faster, and so putting, they're putting all these... Uh, uh, mag- mag- magnesian, magnesian items on their ships. Ah, it's very nice. Yes, exactly. And so that's where you're going to start seeing a bunch of cargo carriers and other shippers using different technology as they try to lessen the costs of these uh, of fuel. So is so. Th- this is obviously very reminiscent of our last episode, where China 
basically said, all right, you know, we're not going to import trash anymore. And then all these other things became mm-hmm. or will become more expensive, um, which leads to all these effects across the board. In this case, it's, it's sort of similar to the UN saying enough with that. Um, and so people are making changes that's helping some industries and hurting some other industries. And, and, and the, the other similarity is that people are reaching for technological solutions mm-hmm. um, that, that arguably, like, and, and this is where we talked about externalities last week, you know, arguably they should have always been doing that if, if the, if, I mean, this gets in a whole economic theory about externalities, but if externalities are baked into the price, maybe they would be doing that. Now, we don't know if, to what extent, I'm getting a little lost here, but I, we don't know to what extent the UN is actually properly factoring the externalities by telling people to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's why carbon taxes are usually better because then you make people charge, you charge people for the externalities. But again, it's weird because the market sets the price for so many things. The market doesn't set the price for externalities almost by definition. Mm-hmm. So then policymakers are left to to kind of pick up the slack and, and they could go, they could be going the right way or the wrong way. I don't know enough about the environment to, uh, to tell you. Well, I can certainly say that sulfur dioxide is not something you want to be breathing in on a regular basis. And that is why mm-hmm. they did have uh, set these standards where if you're near Houston or near cities that are populous, uh, you cannot have uh, fuel that has a lot of sulfur content in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things that are known um, now how much you pay for that and what is a human life worth and Whoa. and well and 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 how much um of that you know because you know if we have pollutants in the environment you know how much of that contributed to one person's death versus anything else well and and, and there's the quality of life issue too and and i'm uh, you know being a little glib but it really is it's like you that's why this is so hard because externalities are not uh, often are not financial. Right. So it's like you do have to weigh the value of human life against, you know, companies paying more and the world becoming less efficient. It's like it's like the cars problem. Should we have cars? People will die. Everyone will get everywhere faster. Mm. You know, how, you, you, how do you weigh those against each other? You can't. Right. But you have to in order to, to make uh, policy. Well, I do like the idea that a lot of these companies are using um, technological solutions for this. And right. so... It does seem like we are moving uh, in a way that's I hope progress. so. But who knows what yeah. externalities these uh, these Murphy items will have? Maybe you're uh, you're sitting there on a cruise ship. You're there on on the the fake beach or or the pool. With you're, your cylinders. You're lounging out. You're, you're having a margarita. Okay. All of a sudden, boom! A bird hits you because uh, it got hit by the by and the that's, cylinder. That's actually been a problem for wind turbines. Is that they've been um, right. Killing birds. So what at what at what cost, Justine? Yeah. So at what cost? A lot of things to weigh here, but it certainly is for sure. We do know that this is coming, whether you like it or not. Uh, big changes are ahead for the cargo industry. Good job, Heinrich. Thanks. All right. Well, that does it for this week's knock-on effect. Yeah. Um. We are back. Every- oh, this was a podcast-only version, by the way. So uh, special you. Oh, sp- <laughs> no version at realvision.com/slash/knock-on-effect. Although you can definitely go there to watch last week's episode and also to sign up for a 14-day free trial to Real Vision. And you can send us any ideas for new shows to podcasts at realvision.com. Yes. Oh, by the way, um, so 
we did something at the end of last week's podcast, made a bit of a, I don't know, not really an announcement. I, I was kind of me asking a question, just just ripping out my heart and, and putting it on the microphone. Um, and uh, you know what? If you're curious what happened, we'll, we'll, let's, let's give the people an update uh, next week's episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be coming. So we'll see you guys next week with right. Alex's big announcement. Eh, all right. Bye. Bye. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.